0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. This is the Constructionist Podcast, and I can tell you one thing. I'm glad that we renamed it the Constructionist Podcast because I never really liked naming things after myself. My name's Caleb, and it was called the Caleb Show, but I didn't really like it called the Caleb Show because it's not really about me. It's about the Lord and about the scriptures and about in incorporating that into your life to make you a stronger. Uh, person in Christ, not a stronger person, like you know health, health or um, uh, self-help people would say, but God is building you for something. So when I say stronger, I mean in the sense that God is building you for something, and that's why we call it the Constructionist Podcast. And ultimately, the idea is not Bobby building or making yourself physically strong, but certainly making yourself mentally, emotionally and spiritually strong and that is the goal of all that let me close this door for a second I'm actually driving in my car this is something I've not done before on the podcast but I'm doing it now because I get busy sometimes and it's hard to fit things in sometimes and so we're doing this while we're driving and it really wouldn't be any different than if you were sitting next to me and we were having a conversation. So bear with me, it's in the car and that's the way it is right now. But anyway, uh, this idea of building on something, I want to talk about something from a bit of a practical perspective today. It's not uh, sort of It's not airy-fairy, I'll put it that way. But I want to try to keep things practical in all of our shows, even though most of what we talk about is things along the lines of what you put your mind to or how you should think about something or how the scriptures can be used to realign your thinking, to match God's thinking and to have God's mind, because we are told in the scriptures to have the mind of Christ. And so our intent... And our goal is to have God's mind on things. But in this case, we're going to talk about something a bit more uh, on a practical level that you can do on a day-to-day basis, but will really keep you challenged for the rest of your life. So it's a big deal. It's not something that's sort of a one-off. It's something that you can apply for the rest of your life, and you will benefit from it greatly. And what we're talking about is reading the Bible and how to read the Bible and how you should view the Bible that you're reading. So, when you're reading the Bible, uh, you have to realize that you do not want to have a one-minute devotional. You know, you get these books that you find in Christian bookstores or even at grocery stores nowadays, and they're called one-minute devotional Bibles and things like that. Those are useless. Throw them out. Don't ever touch them. It's not about a one-minute devotional. Because the truth is, is that... Your life is supposed to be given over to the Lord. And the Lord because the Lord gave you the whole of his life. So when Jesus died on the cross, he didn't give himself a little bit, he gave himself a lot of bit. And so that lot of bit that he gave is a totality of him that he gave out of obedience to God the Father. And the result Ultimately, was the possibility of salvation for anybody who comes to Him. And that's anybody who comes to Him is able to now partake of the salvation that He can offer because He paid the price on the cross to save us from sin that is inherent within us. And so, uh, when we are building on something like the discipline of reading the Bible, we have to remember that one-minute Bible devotionals are useless. and Maybe I shouldn't say useless. God can speak through a one-minute devotional Bible. I don't want to minimize that. But at the same time, I want to say that you are really able and should give much more than that to your Bible reading. So I have recently uh, trying to discipline myself. I've been going for about three weeks now of reading ten chapters a day. So I'll tell you maybe what kind of Bible reading plan I'm using down the road, but I'm disciplining myself to try to read 10 chapters a day. I may not always read them, but like this morning I came up a bit short of reading the 10 chapters. And so I listened to the last four or five chapters on my way into town. It takes me about 25 to 30 minutes to drive into town. So I listened to them uh, because it's a pretty quiet drive. I can do that when I, if I concentrate. Uh, and i just listened to it on my phone so but what i want to encourage you to do is as you're reading the bible that you need to build on it okay so let me talk about four levels of reading the bible and in ways that you can think through what you are actually reading so the first level i'm going to call the grammatical historical this is the most basic level of reading the bible the grammatical historical method or reading of it. Now, some people might get upset because they may have gone to a seminary or a Bible school and learned that when you read the Bible and seek to interpret the Bible, you need to use the grammatical historical method. And that's probably all they were taught. And now I'm saying that's the most basic. And I mean that. It is the most basic level of reading the Bible. I'm not trying to make this easy on you because uh, to grow in our faith... Just like we grow in our ability to be better people at work or better athletes or something like that takes work. And so anything of value takes work. So I'm not going to make this easy on you. When you read the Bible, you must engage your mind, you must think about what you're reading, and you must think about it in light of everything else in the Bible. And then pray and let God reveal His Word to you and who He is to you. And it will work. It will happen. It may not happen every single day but it'll happen and so you start out at the most basic level which is grammatical historical just read the text just read the gospel straight through just read the book of Isaiah sh- straight through three chapters four chapters a day ten chapters a day if you want uh, however if you have an hour free sit down read the whole book at once whatever uh, but just read it don't try to stop and think about a verse or anything like that, I mean maybe a little bit, but basically just sort of read through the Bible. So the bulk of your Bible reading really ought to be that kind of uh, just reading the scripture. And so like I said, me, I uh, have challenged myself to read 10 chapters a day. Uh, I have for many years read two or three chapters a day. I tried to do minimum two or three chapters a day. Uh, Ideally, reading through the Bible once a year, however it takes to do that. Uh, It would be ideal to read through the Bible once a year, because that way every year that goes by, you get the same content. And then after three or four years, you'll discover that things are starting to make sense. Now, that's what I'm calling the grammatical historical. You're reading it for just comprehension. You want to know what... Uh, Genesis 22 is about you want to know where you can find things like the Sermon on the Mount if I say that where is it do you know that it's Matthew 5 6 and 7 or do you not know that if I was to say the the Olivet discourse would you know that basically it is Genesis or sorry not Genesis Matthew 24 and 25 um, and also a couple chapters in Luke and a couple chapters in Mark's Gospel would you know that or would you not know that it's the Olivet Discourse is when Jesus, after the Passover, uh, is the sermon that he gives before he is arrested and all that business. So, uh, sorry, it's the the night. It's it's the sermon that he gives uh, on the Mount of Olives before the Passover and during the crucifix, the arresting and all that kind of thing. Do you know where that is? If I was to say uh, uh, the 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 Shepherd Psalm, would you know that Psalm 23? Things like that. You need to have a basic understanding of Scripture. And so when I say grammatical, historical, what I'm referring to is just sort of understanding the language of the Scripture, understanding the content of the Scripture, knowing the order of the books, knowing that if I say major prophets, I'm referring to Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, Ezekiel, knowing if I say minor prophets, I'm referring to the other 12. Uh, if I say the historical books, if I say the epistles, you tell them know because you've read through the Bible four or five times. You know what I'm talking about. So that should be the bulk of your reading. Is that kind of thing? Now the next thing uh, is the next level down, and I'm going to call that the the sort of uh, ref the the oh uh, the cross referencing way of understanding it. A sort of hinting way, as another way of putting it. If I'm hinting at something. So if I'm reading, say, oh, I don't know, Hebrews chapter 9, 8 and 9, and I think to myself, wow, he's talking about the tabernacle a lot in these passages and the priesthood. Would you be able to recognize that? And then because of your basic understanding of the the overall format of the Bible, you would be able to say, oh, I could go back to Exodus 25, 26, 27, 27, and know that, that are the, those are the tabernacle chapters. I've read those before. And so you realize that the writer of Hebrews is pointing you back to the chapters in Exodus because those are the tabernacle chapters. Or perhaps if you're reading the Melchizedek bit of Hebrews, you're reading about Melchizedek in chapter 7 and you're going, Oh, Melchizedek, I read about him back in Genesis. And it reminds you of another passage. Now, you may not know exactly what chapter it is in Genesis, and I'm not going to tell you, uh, but you'll know that it is in Genesis, and you'll know enough to read your footnotes or your cross-references in your Bible, and I hope your Bible does have cross-references in it, and it'll take you back there, and you'll be able to read it. Or do you know that Melchizedek is mentioned in the Psalms? That kind of thing. So when you're reading the Bible, you need to stop sometimes and go, huh... That phrase sounds familiar, where have I heard that before? Or you need to go, wait a minute, I'm sure that Abraham is mentioned also in the New Testament. Maybe I'll read all the passages about Abraham in the New Testament and you'll mainly be in Galatians and you'll mainly be in Romans to get the bulk of what the Bible says about Abraham, but also Hebrews 11. So see what I'm doing now, I'm jumping around in different portions of the Bible. And I'm realizing that the Bible in one place might speak about the Bible, what the Bible says in a different place. And so you're building on your basic reading of three or four chapters a day, or maybe you're going to try to read the gospel, that plus the gospels, say one gospel a week or something like that. Uh, You're trying to get very, very familiar with the overall text of Scripture. Once you do that, you start looking into these cross-references, these hints, that something is hinting to something else. Oh, the writer of uh, Romans, which is Paul, is hinting back to something when he references that Scripture, when he says, "As, as it is written, and he makes a reference back. Now, that's I did this once where I read the whole book of Romans, and every time I got to an Old Testament reference, I, which usually are in italics or something like that, they, they usually stand out in most Bibles, then you want to go back and read the whole chapter that that reference is in. So you look at your footnote and you say, oh, he's referencing Isaiah something or other. And so you go back and you read the whole chapter in Isaiah. It's very enlightening and very illuminating and you'll discover a greater depth to the book of Revelation when you do something like that. So see how that hinting works. It's basically like looking at cross-references. Uh, that's the basic understanding of it. Now the next level down, so we have the grammatical historical that you're just reading the Bible for understanding of its flow, of the history of the people, of how uh, the language works and getting used to the terminology and things like that. And then and you're reading three or four, or five, six, seven chapters a day which really only takes like half an hour when you think about it. So it's not a huge amount of time um, to read seven chapters a day. Then you're looking at the hinting of different passages. When the New Testament says that such and such of the, says this in the Old Testament, go back and read that Old Testament passage. Find out what it's saying back there. That'll give you a better understanding of what it's saying in the New Testament, in the New Testament writer. Matthew's full of that. Hebrews is full of that. Romans is full of that kind of referring back to the Old Testament. Then what you want to do is go to the next level. You want to go to what I call the investigation level. So this is where you really start getting into phrases, how, uh, like for instance, read Hebrews seven and see how he explains his using of the Melchizedek passages in the Psalms and in Genesis. And it's quite amazing. Read how he applies that. When you get into Galatians and Paul talks about Hagar and Sarah, see how he applies those to his idea of the new covenant. So you're taking old covenant, old testament ideas, and now applying them in a new covenant, a new testament sense. This is taking things to a deeper level. Okay? So this is not just uh, reading because it's important to read the Bible. It's not just looking at cross-references here and there. It's trying to investigate and get deeper into how these terms and these statements are used. For instance, in the book of Matthew, the phrase weeping and gnashing of teeth is used over and over again. The term outer darkness is often paired with it. How are those phrases used? Why do they pop up five, six times? in the Gospel of Matthew? And where in the Gospel of Luke? And are they referenced in the Old Testament somewhere as well, in some way or another? So see what I mean by that? Uh, See how Paul, when he uses the phrase, um, the just shall live by faith, he's quoting from Habakkuk, but he uses it in kind of three different ways in Hebrews, Galatians and Romans. So see what I mean by investigation, this is getting a little bit deeper. This is trying to understand uh, the way the New Testament uses the Old Testament. And it's a more uh, in-depth way of studying the Bible. So you've got your grammatical historical, reading it to read it because you want to just uh, understand the overarching storyline of the Bible and the terminology. Then you've got your hinting or your cross-referencing. So that uh, tells you how to jump from just one spot to one spot. Then you've got your investigating. And that's when you're taking phrases and, and two or three words together. And you're realizing how they're being used and employed in different ways in the text from the Old Testament to the New Testament or even just within the New Testament itself. All right, and then the final thing that you want to do so, if we got four levels here, the fourth one is sort of the mysterious level. So, this is where things get a bit more, yeah, wow, how do you come to that conclusion on that? Now, let me just warn you in advance this would be like reading the book of Revelation or reading the book of Zechariah. These are very, these are more apocalyptic, they're more. Uh, getting into the spiritual life aspect of things sometimes. So, for instance, uh, I've done a teaching in the past on the mind, emotion, and will, and how the mind, emotion, and will relate to the arc. Uh, sorry, the altar of incense, the table of showbread, and the candlestick in the tabernacle. All right. Now, there is no verse in the Bible really that says that the 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 can- the lampstand. The altar of incense and the table of showbread in the tabernacle relate to the mind and motions and will of a person. But I have a number of times done a teaching on that and have referenced that uh, idea and it, to me it fits. All right. Now one of the things you must remember is that sometimes in the Old Testament the word sod is used to translate the word mystery. So when I say things are mysterious. Um, It kind of has this idea of the word sod attached to it, mysterious, something mysterious. But also the word sod is translated as counsel. And so for counsel, you have to realize that, for instance, in Proverbs where the word sod is used, it's translated as Council. And so that means then that before you get too far down the road in that kind of mysterious sort of thinking, you need to run it through somebody. Read commentaries, read books from people that uh, you can trust that actually look at the whole counsel of Scripture. Always compare everything with Scripture all the time. Talk about it with your friend, your spouse, your if you have a good buddy at work, who's a believer, and you you know that you're both reading the Bible, run it by him together, perhaps uh, in your small group at church, something like that, uh, and hear what people have to say. And so when I talk about those three elements of the tabernacle being like the mind, emotion, and the will, I kind of bounce that off of people to see what they think about it. And they're going to ask questions, and you're going to have to defend your position, but you're going to have to try to make it a clear position as well. And so that's our challenge uh, this week is to, when you read the Bible, try to think about it in these four different levels. And when you read the Bible, know that this will now set you off on a challenge for the rest of your life. This will be something you will do for years and years to come at different times. Someday you may be sitting there on your front porch and it's a beautiful morning with your cup of coffee and uh, you've read your four, five, six chapters of the Bible. And so now you want to start investigating into something. And so you start looking at what has been said uh, in that passage related to that passage because you've been noticing this sort of trend going through or something like that. Or you're having a conversation with somebody... Uh, at church or spouse or something like that, and you're saying, man, I've been really sort of thinking that this might be related to that, and they'd go, oh yeah, I kind of thought that too. Maybe we should read a book on the subject. Don't be afraid to buy an occasional commentary or listen to a podcast on the subject. I do that sometimes. I'll I'll do a search for a, a chapter in the Bible. Uh, I can recommend Eric Ludy's material at ellerslie.com. He's got very good teachings on the bible i would also recommend chuck missler's material as well he's got good teaching he's actually died now but his k oh, k org is his website really good stuff arnold Frunchtenbaum's another one that he's a little bit conservative but he comes from a messianic jewish perspective so he has good stuff in there as well and also ray vanderlin uh and i don't remember his ministry but ray vanderlen l a a n ray vanderlin also has put out uh, that the world may know a whole series of teachings is really challenging excellent stuff so god bless you have a good day and enjoy your week of reading the bible thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast if you were challenged and encouraged by what you heard today please feel free to share it with any friends or family you like you're welcome to email us at electrician at gmail.com. That's electrician at gmail.com. And remember to leave a comment at iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere that you listen to podcasts.